This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott, along with Maui, Matt Humans, fresh back from the Maui Classic from Vison. Matt, how was Maui? Jimmy, it was miserable. It was uh, <laughs> cold and raining every day. Never got to go out. I was just stayed in the hotel room and handicapped games and uh, never saw the sun once. No, just kidding. It was, it was <laughs> the bets giving champion on, on VEASAN, boy. I, I mean, just, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, one of his prize, prize accomplish, accomplishments of uh, his, uh, his handicapping and his broadcasting career. Let's get to it, man. Okay. How about this? You and I did this Pac-12 uh, conference preview. And the first thing is uh, about the Pac-12, the new format. They got rid of the South and West, um, South and North divisions. So, because you have two teams from the old Pac-12 South matching up here after what the fourth or fifth tiebreaker between Utah, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, USC minus three against Utah. The, the the Trojans are surging right now. I mean, they really are behind probable uh, Heisman winner uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, it's a cliche, but it, it, it is true. It's about which team gets hot at the right time. USC is really hot right now. I don't want to step in front of this offense. And uh, the first time USC and Utah met in Salt Lake City, I was on uh, Utah money line, fortunately, and uh, got lucky to get the win, 43-42. Kyle Whittingham with a bold gamble, goes for two in the last minute, gets it, Cameron Rising, a one-yard touchdown run, and then a two-point conversion run. But I got to tell you, watching the game that night, I felt I was on the wrong side a lot of the way. And, uh, well, US, USC did cover the uh, three, but three, three and a half. But the thing is, USC was up 21-7 early in the second quarter in that game. And I thought there were a lot of calls that went against the Trojans to kind of flip things a little bit. There were 12 penalties called on USC in that game, and I think only five on Utah. USC finished with 500 and 56 yards total offense. Caleb Williams passed for 381, five touchdowns, no picks. So the Utah defense didn't really bother him much uh, that night. Right now, Williams has uh, a total of 44 touchdowns, 34 passing, 10 rushing, and only three interceptions. I don't know how he doesn't win the Heisman, and he looks like he's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft. Uh, but a lot of the knock on USC a lot of the time has been oh, the defense. You can run right through this defense. It's a soft defense. I kind of feel like the defense has gotten a little bit better throughout the season. It's either that or the turnover numbers just make it look that much better. Uh, because USC's forced 26 turnovers on defense, has the best turnover ratio in the country, and that's a big part of winning. Uh, I think you got a revenge factor here for losing the first game in Salt Lake City. There's a lot out there in front of Lincoln Riley 
in this USC team right now. They win this game. They win the Pac-12. They're in the college football playoff, and who knows from there because, uh, Jimmy, I don't think any team in the playoff is unbeatable this season. So I like USC here. I don't play many favorites, but this number opened two at Circus Sports. I laid two and a half with USC. I still laid three here. I think USC should uh, win the game by seven to ten, somewhere in that range. Right now at three at Bet Rivers, and I think this is only going to go up. Uh, you know the way uh, USC is playing and uh, covering, uh, and also uh, look. I was high on Utah. I thought Utah clearly, when our uh, Pac-12 preview, clearly the best team uh, mm-hmm. in the Pac-12. Just, just haven't haven't been as good as we thought because they had right. so much coming back. Uh, a real multi-dimensional quarterback in Cameron Rising with a lot of spear, uh, uh, a lot of experience, and really turned Utah's season around last year. When they put him in, um, yeah. in and repl- replaced, forget his name, the uh, the Baylor transfer, Charlie Brewer. Uh, yep, and uh, Brewer, and it was mid game, I think, in the San Diego State game where he led them to a comeback. They still fell short, but it was over. They were a different team at that. Think about that. He ne- he had very limited reps with the number ones during August camp and early on when they made that switch and still had that type of season. But they just are not missing a little bit uh, from last year, USC. First-year coach, the be- the best way to evaluate uh, his job, how they develop over the course of the season, USC's gotten a lot of, a lot better because this is the teeth of their schedule that they're handling pretty good right now. Yeah, I started to question USC a little bit. Uh, around that time, they uh, barely got by Arizona, struggled a little bit with Cal. Cal. I thought I sensed a weakness, you know, especially in the USC defense at that point, giving up a lot of points to uh, the Arizona and Cal teams. But I've uh, been pretty impressed. And how can you not be with what uh, USC's done lately? And it's all about the quarterback. I mean, it's mostly about if you don't have a quarterback, your team's going to struggle. You've seen the difference Jaden Daniels makes being so dynamic in the LSU offense. Uh, Caleb Williams doing all the same things and more for USC with the way he can throw it. And he's actually been an effective runner, uh, too. Uh, Jimmy, I don't see any quarterback out there who's even close to Caleb Williams in terms of an NFL prospect right now. Do you? I mean, it might be Bryce Young, but... That's about it. Uh, well, for next year, it's going to be the North Carolina quarterback Drake will be uh, the second guy. But um, but no, Williams is. I mean, he's drawing he's drawing um, you know Mahomes comparisons. You know, with yeah. his ability to you know escape his quickness, his quick release, uh, and also his powerful arm to make a, a lot of the throws. So, and I'll tell you one thing, he does really well too is he runs that read option. It seems like he never makes the wrong read. Uh, when he runs that as well, and that's something that's that's a luxury when you have a guy to make all the throws and still run execute the read option like that. Speaking of quarterback play, speaking of awards, well, uh, the quarterback play uh, at Kansas State has been important uh, this year with Martinez and also with Howard, and both of those guys got hurt in the first game against TCU in Fort Worth. The Kansas K State led twenty eight to ten in the second quarter. Nine minutes to go. They scored to make it 28-10. They did not score the rest of the way. TCU, one of those magical uh, runs. They covered the four-and-a-half that night in uh, in Fort Worth. Now they are laying two-and-a-half uh, in the, on the neutral field against Kansas State in this rematch. Yeah, it sure looked like TCU was going down that night. Instead, it was Adrian Martinez going down and Will Howard going down, the top two quarterbacks for K-State. The third stringer comes in, his first pass is picked off, and the wheels fell off for K-State that night. Like you said, 28-10 lead late in the second quarter. 
and they end up losing the game 38-28. I'm, I'm still uh, bitter about that game. I had K-State in the points. That was one of the toughest beats I took this year. Felt like you handicapped it the right way and got the wrong result. Uh, Will Howard's been playing better. Uh, I think he's improved. And then you have Deuce Vaughn, one of the best running backs in the country in the backfield with him, 1,295 yards rushing, 5.3 per carry. Uh, it's tough to beat a team two times. It's tough to beat a good team two times in a season, especially when that team outplayed you thoroughly in the first half of the first game and had bad injury luck. Uh, the K-State team's playing at a high level. I know a lot of people probably uh, think the Horned Frogs are uh, – playing their A game right now because they made Iowa State look bad last week. But, uh, I, you know, there have been times here where TCU's been a little wobbly. Not in the Texas game, you know, not in a couple other games. But I, I think uh, Chris Kleiman was one of the best coaches in the country. Nobody really even talks about Chris Kleiman. He's done a phenomenal job at K-State. Uh, I like him in this spot. Uh, I think the numbers telling you something, too. If TCU was that strong – wouldn't the TCU be at least a full three-point favorite, a three-and-a-half-point favorite? The fact you're seeing two-and-a-half across the board is telling you that sharp money's on uh, the K-State side in this game. All right, K-State plus the two-and-a-half uh, against TCU in the rematch. Well, and uh, in, in the interesting uh, question there is uh, from, a, you know, the college football playoff perspective, does TCU have a game to play with? Uh, with uh, Will they – a 12-and-1 uh, TCU get in ahead of uh, – an eleven and one Ohio State, uh, a ten and two Alabama. So we'll see about that. Well, here's what I think about that. It kind of depends on how this game plays out. If TCU loses a close game, I think the Horn Frogs are probably in the playoff. If they get beat by double digits, this uh, phony playoff committee is going to do everything it can to try to fix things and put the Buckeyes in the playoff, if not Bama. Uh, you saw the TV numbers for the Michigan-Ohio State game off the charts. The most watched game in like 10 years. You think TCU draws the TV audience? No. Uh, so they're going to try to find a way to freeze out. T- Jimmy, it's happened before, right? We've seen it happen before with TCU getting uh, getting frozen out of the playoffs. I don't want to see it happen. I think TCU deserves to be in. I'm just telling you, I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to the college football playoff because we've seen funny things happen on that final selection show. It's all about money, TV ratings, and the Buckeyes drawing a bigger audience. I don't think Ohio State deserves to be in the playoff at all. That's not what I'm talking about. They just got blown out on their home field by Michigan. I think TCU should have a game to play with. Let's just hope uh, TCU does not get blown out on on the Big 12 championship game because that will kind of give the committee an out if it's looking for an out. I could make a case for Michigan being number one overall as well uh, after that win. They have the best win. There's no question about that after beating Ohio State by three touchdowns uh, at their place. All right, we go to uh, a team that's no longer in the picture for the uh, conference, uh, the uh, college football playoff, and that is Clemson. So now Clemson, how deflated are they as they go to Charlotte for another ACC championship game? So they're laying seven and a half against North Carolina. It kind of reminds me of a bowl game a little bit. Which team's more excited to play? I'll tell you, I know that for sure. Not sure about the result, but North Carolina would be way more excited looking for that first conference championship. And I, I agree with your angle on handicapping that, too, because that's the way I'm kind of looking at this. Are the Tigers going to be a little emotionally flat? Uh, they're going to be an ACC championship game coming off a loss to South Carolina that's going to be deflating. This quarterback play for Clemson has just uh, been a quandary for Dabo Sweeney the entire season. He, he I felt like he's kind of been sticking with the wrong guy. When you got to go with Cole Klubnik 
who's uh, probably gives you a better shot to win. I uh, I like Drake May quite a bit. You know, we talked about, I said there's not a quarterback close to Caleb Williams. Drake May eventually is going to be in that conversation too. Bryce Young this year, Drake May next year. 35 touchdown passes, five interceptions. Uh, he's having a big year. And again, not many people talking about him. Carolina's been a little bit under the radar. Not only that, he's completed 67% of his passes. And he's the team's leading rusher uh, with 600 plus yards. So, uh He's a dual-threat quarterback, and he's 6'4", 220, a pretty impressive guy. Uh, I think you got a big advantage of quarterback here for Carolina. Like you said, you should have a team that's more motivated to show up and play. And uh, I'll take the points with Carolina. I actually got eight with the Tar Heels. What's the Bet Rivers number right now? Uh, seven and a half. Uh, yeah. Bet Rivers plus seven and a half. Uh, right now with the Tar Heels against Clemson. Don't don't worry, Matt, uh, as far as if you're concerned about Clemson's quarterback play. Uh, Dabo Sweeney says everything's fine. Everything's just fine. It gets uh, quite defensive. <laughs> no defending three and a third yards per attempt for Clemson with the, the supporting cast that he has. So uh, an ugly nine for 29. I'm sorry, eight for 29 game against South Carolina. And they hate losing two. South Carolina. All right, a couple of games that you're not quite as strong on, but you're looking to play. And two big dogs. And first of all, we'll go to Atlanta for LSU and Georgia. It was the college football playoff possibilities a little bit too much for LSU in his first year under Brian Kelly in his rebuilding process. Georgia now 17-and-a-half, 51 over LSU. Brian Kelly in a season where we've kind of had college football coaches flat out playing games with the availability of their quarterbacks BK's been pretty uh pretty upfront. He says he will he will play Saturday afternoon against Georgia. Yeah, how uh, what percentage health will he play at? How effective is he going to be? Jaden Daniels is a guy who's got to have two good wheels to be the uh, the quarterback we know he can be. So I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I think he should be okay by Saturday. <clears throat> I'm not um, too concerned about it. Uh, I think LSU has got caught looking ahead a little bit. You know, they end up going in as a 10-point favorite at Texas A&M. A lot of people are dissing the Aggies um, for good reason. I, I was a little surprised, too, that the Aggies actually got up for the game. They, they played well. It wasn't just a case of LSU being asleep at the wheel. I thought Texas A&M played well. So it was a combination of those two factors. Um, and you, you can't help. It's human nature. You're going to be looking ahead to Georgia in the SEC championship game. So... I'm not going to make too much of the loss. I've heard a lot of people trashing LSU this week uh, for the loss at Texas A&M. Sometimes uh, those look-ahead spots just happen, especially when you have such a big game on deck. Hey, the week before Michigan played Ohio State, the Wolverines were lucky to beat Illinois in Ann Arbor. You know, so yes, a lot is. of these look-ahead spots do exist, and handicapping, they're, they're important. And I think that's what LSU got caught in last week. I'm a little bit concerned about the Jaden Daniels ankle situation but also, I don't think Georgia's been playing great late in the year. Uh, had the 16-6 to win at Kentucky a couple of weeks ago. It was not too impressive. Last week, the Bulldogs were up on Georgia Tech 10-7 to at halftime before kind of busting that game open a little bit in the second half. I don't think this is the uh, same explosive uh, Georgia offense. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, man, but I, I think this number is too fat. I thought it should have been around 14. And uh, last night, I actually... Uh, we're seeing 18. On uh, I didn't bet this yet because I want to make sure Jaden Daniels is okay to play. But 
I'll take 18 with the Tigers here. What I think is an inflated number. And Brian Kelly's a, a heck of a coach. A lot of people don't like him, but he's a, a damn good coach. And I think he's going to have his team ready to play, and he's going to he's going to uh, do everything he can to uh, exploit any weakness you can find in Georgia this week. I trust Brian Kelly getting this kind of a number, and I think uh, that's a decent bet. LSU plus 17 and a half right now uh, at Bet Rivers. That's a 4 o'clock Eastern CBS kickoff from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And $86 million for A&M. Just, it's calmed down, A&M. You know, 2-6 and six in conference play, and all you need is a, a critical uh, scoop and score at a critical time. 100 yards against Arkansas, about 50, right, in the mid, right when LSU is about to take control. So as long as they're going to improve on their uh, scoop and score defense uh, next year and ride that to maybe their first uh, uh, conference championship game appearance. Purdue and Michigan. We were right and so close uh, last week. We have faded Purdue as a favorite. We have backed them uh, as a dog. I'm uh, piggybacking on your uh, on your uh, approach there to your alma mater, Boilermakers. And how about this, too? Uh, Jeff Brom, historically at Purdue, not too bad against top five opponents while he's been at Purdue as well. Three and one outright. Michigan, after, again, the most imp- uh, impressive uh, win of the season, they handled uh, Ohio State in a rare revenge spot for Ohio State at Columbus. Now 16 and a half Big double-digit favorites, uh, a maybe letdown spot last year. They handled Iowa with no uh, with no uh, with no problem in a similar situation here. Prime time on Fox, eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah, you're right about that. Last year there was a lot of talk after Michigan won its Super Bowl and beat Ohio State so thoroughly in Ann Arbor that there was going to be a letdown in the Big Ten championship game, and there was no letdown because uh, they put a forty-two to three whipping on Iowa. Now that Hawkeyes team, again, was all about defense, special teams, opportunistic, uh, you know, scores off turnovers and things like that. This Purdue team can actually uh, move the ball offensively, so it's going to be a little bit different game. And also, you know, you talk about look-ahead spots, and Michigan pre and prior to the Ohio State game Seems like it'd be a good situational spot for the other team. And Illinois really should have pulled off that upset in Ann Arbor. I thought kind of blew the game and had a couple calls that didn't go their way, too, that helped the Wolverines that day. So um, they were looking ahead to Ohio State. They might be a little bit flat off uh, an A-plus game that the Wolverines played in uh, Columbus last week. Very, very impressive. I took the points with Michigan. I certainly did not expect that type of result. I was hoping Michigan could hang in and make it a close game in the fourth quarter. It was not close in the fourth quarter, and that was because Ohio State was getting blown out. Um, yeah, Purdue's got a great track record of uh, pulling big upsets like this, but I question you know, whether or not Purdue's got the defensive personnel to slow down this Michigan running game. That's the biggest concern you've got here. I think uh, Jeff Brom's going gonna to empty the playbook, Jimmy. Everything he's got, you're going to see trick plays. You're going to see everything Jeff Brom's got here because uh, he, he, you're not going to get many chances of getting a Big Ten championship game when you're at Purdue, and this is a big thing for Jeff Brom, and I think he's going to showcase his play-calling creativity in this game. So that's one thing that Purdue's got going for it. Um, by the way, I took 17 here at Circus Sports last night. I was waiting for this number to get to 17. I was really surprised. It opened 15. At Circa, I know Bet Rivers has got 16 right now, but I would say don't bet it yet. That's why I'm going to put an asterisk by this play. Don't bet this until it gets to 17 because it will 
uh, by Saturday of plenty of books. There's not going to be many people out there that want to bet Purdue. I think everybody watched Michigan dominate Ohio State, and by the time the public gets involved in these games this week, the Michigan money is going to pour in uh, by Saturday night. So I, I would say don't take the 16-and-a-half. Make sure you get at least 17 with the dog. And um, one little bit of a concern for Purdue is Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. Uh, he found out right before the Indiana game last week that his older brother died. And uh, I, from what I gather, might have been some sort of surprise or tragic accident. And uh, he went home, and he was not practicing with the team yesterday. I would expect that he's going to be back at practice by Wednesday, so it might not be a big thing. And I don't want to make a motivational angle out of something like that, but it might be an inspirational thing that uh, the Purdue players play off of too because he's the team leader. And uh, his top receiver, Charlie Jones, is a boyhood friend of his and a family too. So uh, Purdue – has been better at running the ball this season. It's not such a one-dimensional offense, 125.8 yards per game. They've actually found a running, running attack, which is going to be important. you got to keep the Michigan pass rush and the heat off of O'Connell in this game. And J.J. Uh, McCarthy, the one thing that uh, he does not do is turn the ball over. 271 pass attempts, only two interceptions this season. The Michigan running backs, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, should be healthier for this game. So that's a positive for the Wolverines. Jimmy, I felt like last week we had the right bet on Indiana plus 10.5 against Purdue. You probably didn't see the game. I know the eyes of the nation were not on that game, but Indiana's quarterback, who's a dual-threat quarterback, was moving the ball up and down the field on the Purdue defense, and the Hoosiers had control of the game. And then he went down in the open field and a non-contact injury, either broke his leg or blew out his Achilles. The backup quarterback comes in. He stinks. It's a 7-3 Indiana lead at halftime, and the game completely turns around the second half, and Purdue takes control and ends up covering, winning by 14. But Indiana was the right side. Catching the points there, it's just a freak quarterback injury that blew that up. I'm going to say Purdue's playing with nothing to lose here, and uh, the pressure, if there is some, is on Michigan. I think Jeff Brom empties the playbook, and I like taking all the points, but make sure you get 17 with the dog in the Big Ten title game. It's at 16 and a half right now at Bet River, so uh, probably on its way uh, to yeah. 17 uh, at some point. Because, yes, there's recency bias on there, I mean, especially when high-profile games in a lot of people. If you're a college football fan or college football gambler, you certainly watched Michigan-Ohio State uh, last week. So <laughs> everybody saw and has it fresh in their mind uh, after this week. And, yes, I watched it. I mean, one of seven or eight games we had watching at the same time. But yeah, I had Indiana, and it was like felt pretty good at uh, for for a good while uh, in that one. Common opponent, uh, very late in the season, though, Illinois and Purdue beat them at Champaign. Michigan struggled to beat them with a walk off field goal uh, at mm -hmm. the end. So Matt Humans championship uh, weekend <laughs> picks with uh, Friday night USC minus three against Utah. Kansas State plus two and a half against uh, TCU. North Carolina seven and a half. LSU plus seventeen and a half. He said, "Wait till seventeen for Purdue." It's at sixteen and a half. The man is on a roll after his Thanksgiving or Betsgiving a uh, crown at Veasan this past week. The um, the esteemed uh, you know uh, champ uh, championship or, or gambling uh, competition. Jimmy, Have you I, been? I uh, I don't want to overhype it. I don't want to overhype it. But a lot of people are saying it's the most uh, uh, celebrated <laughs> handicapping event in the world. So uh, it's it. Hopefully it's the world. I mean, it's it's debatable. It's in the conversation. So there we go. Hopefully For Matt Humans. 
Jay. Wait, what's that? I said, hopefully this weekend's not a letdown spot for me. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional letdown spot. Maui and Bets Giving Championship. It's a hell of a parlay. For Matt Humans of Visa, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.